and welcome to a very special, not that special, but kind of very special episode <laughs> 50 of Backing Paper. Woo! And who better to have here with me on episode 50, this hallmark moment in Backing Paper history, than the wonderful Rachel. Rachel, how are you, my dear? Hello, I'm good. Oh, gosh, 50, can't believe it. <laughs> wow, how did we end up doing this? How did know. Aid manage to rope us into doing this and then <laughs> book her off? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, it's been if nothing else, it's been lovely to be able to chat with you each week and do this, um, and uh, and yeah, get to listen to our, our listeners as well and have that kind of back and forth conversation because on the main show normally it's just us either talking to each other or talking out to people, but without having the conversation come back so it's nice to have back in paper as a an opportunity for people to write back in and talk to us and yeah. tell us where we're going wrong <laughs> yeah no you're absolutely right Rach. i loved i genuinely love doing back in paper i love hearing from everybody and um and I, and I love the fact it gives us a bit of room to just as you said have that conversation um it's been great and we've had so many good emails over the last well it must be a year i guess we've been doing this because we, we missed so, a couple yeah. of shows um but um yeah. thank you so much to everybody who does you know tune yeah. in and listen to this thing because you know it was i don't know <laughs> we didn't know whether people would want to or not because it's not you know, tend not to have a guess, but um, we're glad you're here anyway, listeners. And you've you've really stepped up to the mark this week. We have got a bumper, mm. bumper crop of emails. So we're just going to dive right into this, aren't we, Rach? I think that sounds like a good plan. Shall yeah. I start? That uh, would be okay. wonderful. So we start with a an email from Ben Reynolds, who says, Hello, Sunbeanies. Long time, no email. Thanks, as ever, for a wonderful podcast. That's a lovely way to start. Thanks, Ben. For once, I managed to get round to making an attempt at completing a Cheap Shots Challenge assignment, and the release of Thursday's podcast inspired me to email. Fantastic. I didn't put too much effort into my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Um, I just had to wait patiently for a clear night to get the shots I was after. This is kind of what Aid was saying, isn't it? He was like, I've got the situation, and the you know, and I know what I want to do, mm. but I've just got to wait for the right weather. Um, anyway, he says, my new to me... Horizon 202, officially the hottest new trend in large format photography podcasts, hosts panoramic photography adventures. Well done. Has a 105, thank you, has a 105 degree field of view. So I figured I should be able to catch the last light of day and the black of night in one shot. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I've uploaded the photos to Flickr, uh, hashtag make Flickr great again. There are three vertical panos in a triptych, which Flickr appears to have put out of order, and one horizontal. I think they worked quite well for a quick 20-minute run out to the motorway bridge. I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks again for all the lovely times. Keep on keeping on. So let's have a little look at that. So for anybody who doesn't know, and to be honest, at this point, it must be quite hard for people not to know what the Horizon camera is, because at the very least, Simon and then an increasing web from people from Simon Forster have been picking these things up. Um, the Horizon is a um, swing lens panoramic camera. So the lens literally moves across using clockwork. So it exposes a really wide um uh, strip of film it's it's more than two to one i can't remember what it, what the actual dimensions is but it's really mm. cool and because it's the horizon like mm. sorry rach three to one uh, i was just saying it looks more like three to one not quite i don't think but yeah somewhere between those two <laughs> yeah exactly people will look and tell us or not yeah. um um but because the horizon is kind of i think it's a, a russian take um, I think it's a Russian camera on things like the the wide lux. Um, uh, it has some of that quirkiness, and I think one of the things that people really love about it is that there's some great distortion and messing around that can go on with it. You know, you can get some real fun looks mm -hmm. with it. Um, so doing some great work with this. So, um, do you want to describe these pictures that Ben's taken, Rach? Yeah, I mean Ben sort of already did, really, didn't he? They're mm. gorgeous. We've got um, yeah three um, vertical sort of panoramas, um, which really show from. The deepest, deepest black of space, really, um, right straight down. Um, and then you've got this gorgeous kind of um, arc of daylight, sort of in um, deep blues into lighter blues, and then um, a line of gorgeous sort of like gold, uh, just as the sun's obviously setting on the edge of this motorway. And then um, all the rear um, rear lights of cars, and actually there's, a, there's some headlights as well coming 
towards you on the other side of the road um, at the bottom of the shot. And there's three that have been taken, obviously, over that period of time. So you can really sort of see one earlier in the day, slightly earlier. It's still very, very dark. So, you know, lights are on and everything. Um, But yeah, you can sort of see the progression of time over those. And then one, which is the horizontal, which, as he said, the aim was, you know, for him to get within one shot, the light of daylight and the sun going down right into deepest, darkest night, where you've got literally just sort of pinpricks of light on the on the hills on the horizon. So you can really see that in that in that um horizontal one, definitely. Yeah. Um, all the way through. Brilliant. Yeah, really stuff. nice, really nicely exposed, and I, I love the colour. And as you said, they've all worked well, but I think the horizontal one has particularly done a great job of just from left to right that transition, and the framing has worked really nicely with the traffic and the mm-hmm. yeah, great stuff. Yeah, yeah. love that. Well done, brilliant. Um, well done. Following up, we have another one, another attempt at the um, day into night assignment. And this one is from Simon Epi, who writes in Hi Sunnies. Here is my attempt at the day into night assignment. I made my own camera for the first time ever, Ooh. and it was from another of my true loves, alcohol. From a, can- <laughs> <laughs> from a can of Stella, after forcing myself to have a midweek beer. Oh, well done. Oof. Well done, Simon. Um, I to washed the up. team there. Yeah, exactly. He really did. I washed up and saved my cans. I cut it up and stuffed inside a sheet of Ilford Multigrade 4 RC paper. Below are some photos of Mod 2. So, and we've got these pictures in here. So you can see uh, the beautifully uh, empty. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do love the fact that um, this can. It's got its own maker's mark on it, hasn't it? It it does. (laughs) That's that's, that's a Leica 3 on it. Very good. Um, It it hasn't got a red dot. So, you know, this is pre-red dot Leica beer can. But um, very good. I'm a big fan of that. Um, Where was I? Even more rare. Yes. (laughs) Uh, so, over the night of Halloween and the following day, the paper was exposed. When I got home from work, I had a roll of Portra 160 to scan whilst the mother-in-law was visiting. <laughs> we don't want to hang out with her. Um, so that kept me out of the way. Then I retrieved my state-of-the-art can of Stella camera to see what I'd got. On opening the can and sliding the sheet out, to my horror, it was just a sheet of white photographic paper. But on closer inspection, I could see a faint image and taking a bit of time to think about it, I realised it was, of course, a negative image. So (laughs) I quickly scanned and packed it away, uh, imported to Lightroom on my mobile and got to work editing. Once flipped to a positive image and spent about five hours removing white spots, (laughs) I hope that's an exaggeration, (laughs) was left with the cropped image at the bottom. A gloomy 1st of November with about five spots of the sun. And not a great image, but my first attempt at working with photographic paper. I've now made my second ever camera and I'm trying a week-long exposure before trying out six months. Below is an image of the mod. Uh, this is the one I saw. Uh, I think we both actually wrote the, the Leica 3C. <laughs> um, no developing or fixing, just burnt directly onto the paper. Um, so this is a great way of doing it. So um, Simon's included some pictures of where he's fixed his camera up onto a drain pipe. Mm. Um, on the side of his house, I imagine. The, yeah. And uh, his the actual image that he got out. So this is very dark, um, as one would expect. It was only a one-day exposure, so there was um, not really much time for the background scene to burn into the paper at all. Because you do get the image. You don't just get the sun trail mm. in solograms. You do get a faint image of what the camera's pointing the at in general. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but after only one day, uh, it hadn't had much time. And unfortunately... November the 5th was clearly a pretty miserable day because the sun really <laughs> wasn't making much of an appearance, was it? Um, it wasn't. But I like it. I've said for, for a picture taken on Halloween, you know, it looks kind of spooky, doesn't it, Rach? I quite like oh, the kind it really of does. The spooky it graveyard really feel. It really does. Yeah, it looks like, you know, there's definitely some ectoplasm happening there. There's uh, paranormal activity over the, you know, railings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's this tree. You know, you can see the um, the lattice sort of, uh, fencing and and what have you. You can see an image there. You can sort of see what what's going on in the tree and things. And then those five eerie UFO spots of sun sunlight. Mm. So yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well it's done. Good. And what I love about this is it just reminds us that solograms don't have to be up for six months or a year. Mm-hmm. You, you can do Super them for simple. short times. You can do them for yeah. as long as you want to. I mean, obviously you get bigger and more you know elaborate results Exciting. the longer you leave them, yeah. but. 
if you just want to have a go, stick it up for a week. <laughs> it's perfect for impatient people, although not so much at this time of year in Britain. At this time of year in Britain, yeah. oh. <laughs> I, I think I've seen the sun twice in the last month. But, um, Quite but no, Oh, well stuff. done. Two yes. very different approaches, but uh, two great results with that. Um, which takes us on to the third one, which is from our good friend, Jem. Do you want to take this one, Rach? Absolutely. So J.M. Golding got in touch to say, hello, Sunbeams. When I heard the conversation about Spent Fixer, I think this was you, Graham, wasn't it, actually? Yeah. Um, I felt inspired to share something I learned from another photographer who was involved in running a community darkroom. They would do this every day before they opened. Be forewarned, though, it does involve some record keeping. <laughs> oh, she, she knows me enough then. to know that's <laughs> Here's what you can do. Uh, one, cut off a, a little piece of unprocessed film. If you use 35mm, a piece of the funny-shaped leader works great. Soak that little piece of unprocessed film in the fixer you're going to use. Three, if the film takes more than twice as long to clear as it did when the fixer was brand new, it's time to dump the fixer. Of course, this means you have to test the fixer when it's new and record the clearing time and check each test against that initial clearing time, but some might find it worth it. I still have a couple of undeveloped day and night photos, uh, but here's one that I did finish. I don't know how they're supposed to look since I'm not familiar with the digital, digital images that inspired the assignment in the first place. Um, she says, I use my Cheap Shots Holger uh, 120S, mainly because my other Holgers were otherwise occupied, <laughs> with ultra-fine extreme 400 film and made the exposures before, during and after sunrise. I was thinking about a Holgerogram before Aid mentioned it, really. Um, this particular kind of hologram is called microclicks because the images overlap. They are just a few clicks of the winding knob between, sorry, there are just a few clicks of the winding knob between one exposure and the next. If you look carefully, you can see that on the left, the sun hasn't quite come over the hill yet, and it's higher and higher as your eye moves to the right and completely above the hill in the rightmost exposure. Thanks for the thought-provoking assignment. That's from J.M. Golding. Uh, she says, keep up the great work and happy photographing. Okay. And that, oh, there's a PS. Well, should, should we look at the picture the first, PS? Rach, and then come to the picture? Let's, let's look at the picture. So first off, Rach, I'm just going to pull you up on one thing. It's a holgorama, which is such a great word. Not, um, we, need to, we need to give the holgorama the credit. What did I say? A holgogram. <laughs> oh, did I? I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry. That's yes, all right. It doesn't was, matter. Yeah, whizzing through that. Yeah, holgorama. Great turn. Love yeah. It. So this is great. So this is sort of stacked images. I don't know, how many have we got mm. here? One, two, oh, okay. three, four, five. I don't know, many. <laughs> Four, five, six, seven, eight, Maybe ten. Nine, ten, yeah, it looks like ten images yeah. um, of, of the sun coming up over a mountain. Um, this is in black and white, and yeah, the sun. Such just, a cool effect, yeah, isn't it? It's really, really great. Really great. We will. Uh, um, the pictures that we talked about last week um, on the podcast are already up on the website on sunny 16 podcastcom and we will add these ones to it as well, um, so we we'll have to go and see. Um, uh, this is lovely, really lovely, really different. Of, yeah, absolutely, very, very different, and uh, I really like the technique. It's lovely. It kind of does look a little bit like what you were doing with yours, Graham. Actually, yeah. Um, over a slightly different period of time, but a similar kind of principle. And this particular um, image of J.M. Golding's, it looks quite almost like a, a prism, I think. You know, it's sort of like mm. refracted light almost um, because of the way that the sun is obviously appearing over the hill. Um, so you've got just from the glow right up to actually you can see the the, the actual dot, which is the sun. And um, yeah, it's really atmospheric and, and abstract and beautiful. So uh, yeah, I would expect nothing less actually. <laughs> James Golding does amazing things with her Holger. Um, so yeah, a Holgerama, brilliant of it. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Um, it's been it's been so nice seeing this stuff coming in. Uh, I know we said this last week, but um, I just it it really pleases me that this assignment has just ended up with some pretty unique work being created of one sort or another and i love it um you know that yeah. that's a pretty good thing to get out of it uh for also our... different from each each other as well aren't they They've all yeah been so different yeah absolutely do you want to finish up with jm's ps yes uh she says just when i thought i could write to you without mentioning that wonderful quirky film format <laughs> the next one two seven day is only a month away wow that has come around very quick it's on saturday december the 7th 2019 
the 127 Film Photography website will feature 127 format photographs made on December the 7th, 2019 in a special online exhibition. As always, you and your listeners are invited to participate. No fees, no competition, just a friendly virtual community joining together to make 127 format photos on December the 7th. And you can find all the details for that at uh, 127film.blogspot.com. There we go. Yeah, I'm hoping that by December the 7th, I might be able to finish the film that I loaded up. Uh, in July? Uh, in No, in January. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> for the, for the, um, the one at the end of January. Um, that oh, one. yes, that's right. It's, the yeah. camera's in my car, in my van, and it's been in there for months <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I'm getting through it real, real slowly. Um, but yeah, 127 days are always good fun. It's a good excuse to get out with the old cameras. If you, got, you can get 127 film. I know that Analog Wonderland have got uh, mm -hmm. 127 film available for sale now. I'm sure you can get stuff elsewhere as well. Um, and if you don't want to buy any 127 film, just, you know, bodge in some 35 mil and tape it in place because that's what i did and i'm sure it'll be fine it's always been fine in the past uh, mostly um this next email <laughs> is from the delight that is chris mina um chris it's one of those people who we really hey, should chris. have on the show at this point it feels like i know gross oversight. i know isn't it just we're terrible need to fix that <laughs> Anyway, Chris writes in, Hey, Sonnies, <laughs> I hope all things are well on that side of the pond and that Graham's film sausage <laughs> remains how it should be, unexposed. <laughs> sorry. <coughs> you did Excuse that, Chris. Me. Listen, I'm really sorry. Yes, um, I, I, I apologise. I read ahead slightly of that of that sentence and it already started making me giggle before it even started reading it. But yes. <sighs> Okay, continue. I agree, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Um, I am writing, Chris says, with a suggestion for the cheap shots challenges moving forward. In the past, you've used Google Forms to take in votes for the Sunnies Awards. Mm. I think you should do the same for cheap shots moving forward. Not only would you be able to take in the specific information you want and in order, but Google Forms also allows you to include a field to upload a file. There you could limit the file size and file type. Oh this goodness. approach would also limit the influx of emails and remove the burden of having to search for emails. Cheers from New York City from Chris. That's Chris, a really you just blow my idea. mind. Yeah, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I need to, I, I think... Um, Sold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will get on this. Um, we haven't had any Cheap Shots Challenge pictures sent in yet, which I'm quite glad about because the theme is Christmas and it is the beginning of November. <laughs> yeah. So I'm quite relieved, although I bet we get some before November's out. Um, yeah. But I will try and get a form done and set up. So if you are taking pictures, maybe just hold fire because I'm going to take Chris's good advice and get a Google form made up. And we will obviously share that and it'll be up on the website and it'll be nice and easy to get hold of. But that's a really yeah. good idea. So thank you very much for that, Chris. Um, much appreciated. Yeah. And people uh, can get can get actually making the photos if they wanted to, you oh, know, if that was appropriate. Yeah, but just don't send them. Just absolutely. Them. Actually, yeah. that reminds me, the one thing that I did want to mention, um, because I, I, this was a moment where I was like, oh, I wish Rachel had been here because she would have caught this because we were talking about the Christmas cheap shots challenge, etc., etc. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're just talking about the festive period. It doesn't have to be directly Christmas related. No, it can be no. anything. It's the festive yeah. season. Shoot whatever you are, whatever you are doing, whatever you're celebrating, or whatever, whatever sums up Christmas for you, even if what sums up Christmas for you is a real bar humbug feeling towards the whole season. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we don't want to make, for anybody to feel like they are not included and we're not trying to yeah. kill Christmas uh, but also I don't care <laughs> if we do um, uh, but it's just you know it's all about having yeah. a good time over general the festive general festive period. season I think is uh, oh goodbye <laughs> <laughs> Graham just fell off the chair <laughs> that, that was the Christmas the I just shot Christmas <laughs> uh, lovely Okay. Well, there we go. Thank you very much for that advice, Chris. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's Should wonderful. I take the next one? You <laughs> certainly can. Good luck, Rach. Off you go. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> it's worrying when you wish me luck before I've even looked at it. Okay. This one's from Jason Conklin, who says, Hi, Sunbeams. In light of Graham's perceived shortcomings in meeting the challenge of the night into, day, uh, sorry, night into dark assignment, or whatever it was, uh, I thought I'd share this choice quotation from... Oh, God. How do you say that? <laughs> Statis <laughs> statistician. There we go. See, you can't do either. Uh, Ronald Fisher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. Do you want me to say this one? Okay. Much? 
or do you want to take it? Yes, please, please. It's too late for me. Okay, it is. It is. It's a very good quote, but it is quite wordy because <laughs> the statistician <laughs> Ronald Fisher liked long words. Um, no aphorism is more frequently repeated in connection with field tries than we must ask nature a few questions, or ideally one question at a time. This view is wholly mistaken. Uh, perhaps Britons all recognise their countryman's name. Nope. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, or Ronald, obviously, he's on the, I named my camera after this particular Ronald, mm -hmm. the famous statistician. Um, but on this side of the pond, Ronald Fisher isn't exactly a household personality. Either way, he's considered the father of modern statistics and experimental design and developed tons of techniques that are used across the sciences to this day for extracting useful conclusions out of complex and layered observations. Now, by ask nature few, or ideally one, question at a time, Fisher is paraphrasing the common suggestion that we change one thing at a time when experimenting with new techniques before observing results. And he's saying that this is unnecessary. Okay. <clears throat> the way I see it here, Fisher is basically telling you, Graham, that you conducted your experiment in exactly the right way. <laughs> Most scientifically, <laughs> woo! 100% <laughs> Ronald Fisher backed. Whether the results are statisti statistically significant... See? <laughs> <laughs> with all those 50th episode drinks we've been having, Roach. Um, oh, yeah. You'll have to crunch the numbers yourself. If you look him up, you'll discover that Fisher entertained some, shall we say, unfortunate early 20th century opinions and misconceptions. <laughs> well, didn't many of them, okay. unfortunately. But he really did lay the groundwork for how scientific experiments have been organised and analysed ever since. So, even though it makes things appear very clear when we only change one thing at a time, i.e. ask nature a few questions, don't be too afraid to let the variables go wild, especially if you have some inkling of what might happen and pay close attention to the results. Science is on your side. Uh, and that's from Jason, who is at Ninley1 on Instagram. Thank you very much, Jason. I like that. Mm. That's a, a good thought for you. Yeah. Hey, I've always been told off for for going ahead and going, oh, well, it's fine. I'll just, you know, whack in a different type of paper. I've never tried this before. I don't know how to dry it. I don't know how to shoot with it. But, you know, it'll be fine. And then I get told off for that. So this is nice for, for both of us, I think, Graham. We've both been been told off for this in the past, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And it's also it's that thing of like you it can be beneficial. So last night I was in the mm. dark room. And okay. I was making a print, and um, and I've had a few test goes. Yeah, it was good fun. Um, and I was um, having a good making print, and I was uh, oh, I was doing it in two two sort of timed sessions because I wanted to do a bit of dodging because it was quite bright in one area, quite dark, and mm -hmm. um, and I instead of sort of what I meant to do was do ten seconds and then three seconds. <laughs> But what I did was I did 10 seconds and I just added on three seconds and hit the big red button. So it was then 13 seconds. Like, oh, and I, I realised halfway through and kind of caught it and yoinked it. But I had no idea how long it had been in there for or whatever. Like, oh, well, that was stupid. I need to do that again. But I thought, well, I may as well develop it because I've mm -hmm. got the thing. And um, what I found was that it made the, the foaming water, which was the main subject of the picture, much darker than I'd been planning on. But it looked much better. I was like, oh, oh, there you go, see. Yeah, yeah. I, I was worried to... about your foaming water for a minute. I was like, you don't want that in your tray in the dark room, but <laughs> no. sure, that makes more sense now. Subject of the photo, it's fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh. And yeah, yeah. So it it made it all much darker than I'd originally been thinking it should be. And it's like, oh, that looks way better, and it completely changed mm. the way I was approaching the picture. And you know, because so... you might have not never got that far with it, yeah, if you hadn't have made that kind of like two different types of variable, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you just need to throw everything up in the air and see what comes out the other side, which is um, very much the way that uh, my printing techniques go. <laughs> I am actually just getting back very briefly to what JM was saying. Um, I am actually keeping some notes in the darkroom now because... Ah. Are you finding it helps? Um, yes. Uh, uh, even so, Because it takes quite a long time. Do you know where they are? <laughs> yes, I've got. I'm using my okay. um, photo memo book from Mike Padua. Um, Fantastic. Uh, so um, that's not that that's what it's designed for, but it works perfectly for it. Because the thing is, and you know this, Rach, obviously, um, mm -hmm. that when you're making prints, 
it takes quite a long time to get the recipe right for an individual print until you go, okay, yeah. that print is now the way I want it. You've worked out the timing, you've worked out what filter, you've worked out what aperture, you've worked out if you need to dodge and burn or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then once you've got that recipe, then theoretically you can just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Um, so by writing down that recipe, when you come back to it again, you can just go straight to it. Otherwise, yeah. it's a nightmare. So even I have realised yes. that I have to do that. Otherwise, yeah, it's all a waste of time. <laughs> well, it's just it, well, you know, it's not a waste of time, but we we do have limited time, don't we? Yeah. So it's just about making sure that we're using it in the most productive way, I guess, rather yeah. than starting from the begin from scratch every single time. If there's some way that we can start from less from scratch um, and and get there a little bit quicker, it might mean that we're able able to be more productive and enjoy um, our time in the dark room a bit more because we're able to. To undertake a few more projects than we would normally be able to yeah so, and and less wasteful as well with paper you know yeah, it's, it's sometimes absolutely. as simple as that but yeah so yeah. i am so um and this fixer thing so i think i'm going to do exactly what james although i can't at the moment mm. because i didn't take that measurement when it was fresh but um i think i'm going well, to you said you only just mixed up a batch of fresh didn't uh, you because yes. you, you had spent one so yeah um that which was the problem so you've only just made it up as a new batch so you should maybe you can still take it i mean it's only you've only used it what twice since yeah i was playing around in the dark room quite a lot last night <laughs> this is, oh, i don't know how okay, much fine. i don't know how much prints <laughs> affect it see that's the thing i don't know how quickly prints tear through that stuff so um but uh, I, I will keep an eye on it so all right um yeah, it's all good Come fun. For next time. It's all good fun. <laughs> right, Rach. Oh, this is perfect. I think you should take this next one from mm -hmm. Dale Willits, Rach. Am I taking this one? Okay, so, um, well, thank you very much to Jason and the very difficult to read email. Um, <laughs> not not your fault. <laughs> Famed statistician. Uh, <laughs> Say it slow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, it's hard. Um, so this one's from Dale Willits, who writes in to say, Greetings, Sunbeams. It's Saturday morning and I'm sitting here hard at work reading Amateur Photographer magazine. Ah, and who do I come across a full page article about on page 28? None other than the lovely Rachel. Yes, that is me. Um, she started to put you two to shame in the famous stakes. <laughs> well, well, not yeah. exactly a hard barrier uh, to cover, but... Um, he said that you do still win when it comes to information. Woo! <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, Anyway, well done, Rachel, and I look forward to seeing Graham and Aid in AP's pages in the near future. Oh, well, back to work for me. Tatty, bye. That's from Dale Willits, who is delusions of competence with underscores between the words. Um, thank you very much, Dale. Yes, that's right. I actually had, um, I happened to be sitting on a bus on my way to Nottingham and uh, had a message from Stephen Dowling, actually, of Cosmo Photo, saying, ah, Rach, I'm sitting on the tube on my way to work, and um I've just seen your face <laughs> in Amateur <laughs> Photographer. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, I did actually have, uh, there was um, uh, a lady who, wor um, who works for AP who'd got in touch and asked me some questions and things quite a while ago, actually. And then I hadn't thought any more about it. Um, but yeah, it turns out that's the interview um, that she put together. And yeah, it was really Really pleased with it. Actually, it looks quite nice. It's it's a weird feeling to um, go pop into Tesco or you know Asda or Smiths or something and pick up pick up the magazine with you uh, with your face in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, and not in a wanted column. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was it's kind of lovely actually. It's nice to nice to see that. So uh, yeah, I did buy myself a copy. I have I have one here. I think yes. There we go. It's here. I so, yeah. I called in to my local supermarket. Um, well, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I called in to buy pizza. I'm not going to lie. We were buying pizza on Friday night coming <laughs> home with the boys. I thought, oh, I'm going to go and pick up a copy because they've got loads of magazines there. And they had loads of photography magazines there. Um, amateur photographer sold out. The word has clearly got out that you are in wow. this episode, Rach. And they had sold out, so I'm going to have to get one elsewhere. Um, but oh, that's no. wonderful, Rach. Oh. Congratulations on that. That's really cool. Thank you very much. It's uh, yeah, it it feels really lovely, and it's a very odd feeling, but it's it's nice to uh, nice to have as well. And well, it's you know, it's a nice one to go. Oh, Dad, you can go to the shop and buy a, a magazine and see my face. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not turning up any other way. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the article about, Rach? Other than just yourself, or is, or is it just a, a profile? Oh, it's just about of me you? being wonderful. <laughs> nice. Is um, it a, a, only two pages. Good grief! Doesn't seem. <laughs> 
just one page, just one page. Definitely um, not It's mainly enough. about darkroom. Um, so yeah, the basically on the on the cover, um, you'll see that the, one of the uh, sort of topics for this for this issue, uh, which is let me just check. Yeah, Saturday the 9th of November. It's dated. Um, set up your own darkroom. Recapturing the magic of black and white printing at home. So um, yeah, I've done a little interview about the dark room obviously because obviously i have one um that i use um at home and use for sort of more one-to-ones and very small groups um but there's also the one in um liverpool city center that i've been helping dot art to set up uh so yeah we were talking about both of those and just sort of giving a few little tips and things and and just sort of talking about what makes it cool um to to do that and of course um sunny 16 podcast gets a mention obviously um because part of it was well obviously because i you know i have to do this every week don't i (laughs) but also i I have to do this every week (laughs) but also because um uh she asked about what music do you listen to and and uh and what have you in that room as well so uh, of course i said well i listen to obviously different kinds of music etc and another nice thing is that you can listen to analog photography podcasts and get inspiration from those. So there we go. Nice. Hashtag always be plugging. Yeah. Name dropped. Name dropped us. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Should still be nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, this is a sad, on the, on the subject of podcasts, um, one of my favourite podcasts, one I've listened to for a very long time, um, which I hope other listeners out there are familiar with, is the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Oh, yes. It's, it's great. Um, John Hodgman and Jesse Thorne are great, and uh, I really enjoy that podcast. Um, and on, I think it was the episode from a couple of weeks ago, uh, they had somebody on there who like mm-hmm. did it. For did some film photography and it was like oh my god worlds are colliding it's like oh man and um and judge john hodgman is very much a hashtag always be plugging kind of guy so he would approve of that rage um good work (laughs) okay um and the next email uh, I will tell you, this one is from Richard Hall or Richard writes in saying, "Good morning, Sunbeams. A quick note to follow up on a recent conversation. Conversation. <laughs> so conversation. put my teeth back in. A conversation you had about scanning. I needed to do something with my own scanning setup, which is very Heath Robinson. My results <laughs> are just about adequate for posting online, but I wouldn't want to use them for printing." I'm teetering on the brink of getting a flatbed scanner, but don't want to make an expensive mistake. So my question is, if you were to start from scratch, what solution to digitizing negatives would you use? Uh, all the best from Richard. Uh, that's a very good question, Rach. Um, mm. So currently you and I are both in pretty much exactly the same situation. We're both using uh, almost identical pretty old yeah. scanners at this point uh, i've got an epson, epson v500 you've got a v550 yep. haven't you i don't That's know what right. the difference yep. is but no idea <laughs> not much um so okay rach if if you didn't have that scanner mm. and um you were faced with this thing okay you need to digitize your negatives uh how would you approach it what would you do i would probably i would probably send them off to be honest i'd probably send them to a lab to scan uh if i didn't have my own scanner really um yeah i probably would do that because i wouldn't trust myself to to do it in any other way really um obviously i do have my um digital camera um but i don't have like a rostrum and it's not a full frame either um so i yeah i don't i don't know that i would would have used that to be honest but would you i mean would you buy a flatbed i mean so again i'd buy what i've got (laughs) so you would so um or something similar yeah i mean let's say for example let's say you had a budget of i don't know let's pick a a middling number so you had about four four hundred quid to spend yeah i think that's what this one was actually yeah so if you had yeah. that, this is the route you'd go down again rather than maybe looking to get more stuff for making digitising with the camera easier? Yes, I think I probably would, yeah. Why is that? Because people, uh, flatbed scanners are, are pretty divisive. Uh, most people seem fairly happy, happy with them as medium format solutions. There are mm-hmm. a lot of people not so much with 35mm. Um, why is it you would rather stick mm. with what you've got instead of changing up? Um. Well, I I have never found it to be a problem with 35mm. I've been quite happy with what it does. Um, I have 
you know, sort of gen- just I just in general don't enjoy the whole process of scanning, but mm. I don't know that doing it in any other way would be any simpler because I feel like I'm the sort of person that I'd get as far as going, okay, well, now I've got to get the camera out and the rostrum and then fit the thing to the thing and sit it on the top. And, and it would just always be in my way, either because I've run out of time for doing the bit of scanning that I'm trying to do <laughs> yeah. um, or because I'd be like, okay, well, I've done half of it, I put it to one side and then it just ends up gathering dust, which is obviously no good for next, yeah. um, you know, as opposed to going, okay, I'm scanning, you know, just these two strips of 35 mil, open it up, pop them in, scan it and then either take them out or leave forget and leave them in there and they're not going to end up covered in dust <laughs> yeah, still you know what I mean? you. so so yeah i think that is just knowing the way that i work and the sort of person i am i think this is the simplest and neatest solution <laughs> yeah. to that problem for that same price so yeah yeah that's why I think the point that you made last week is also really important. This idea of um, expectations of, of what you're going to get from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see, I don't think he sent an email, but I did see that I got a follow-up. Because it was, uh, was it Ian last week he was talking about um, his issues with scanning? I'm, I'm going to bring up last week. Sorry, week's show. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all right. But I do um, remember the email. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were talking about this last week. Um, and I am going to bring it up because it's uh, going to annoy me that I can't remember who it was that actually <laughs> said it. Um, I hate misattributing um, things. Uh, da, 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 da. Yes, it was Ian. Ian Turpin. I'm oh, sorry. Um, saying that he just wasn't happy with what he was getting from his flatbed scanner, which is the same one that you've got. And he's now picked up, I think it's a plus tech one he's got. And I think I've seen that he's definitely happier with it. I saw a oh, post great. somewhere um, saying, oh, this is better. I'm, and I'm really glad because it means I will carry on shooting 35 mil. Mm. Um, I think I fall into the same camp as you. Um, I think I wouldn't necessarily go down the route of buying a machine like the Plastic because... I want something that can do 35 mil and medium format. Um, so it needs to be able to do mm-hmm. both. And I wouldn't yeah. want to have two machines. Yeah. I don't have the room for two machines. And exactly as you were saying about having a digital camera set up, it's just not convenient. That's something that has to be taken yeah. out. It certainly can't be done in my office space. Um, yeah. It would need to be in the living room on the table there. And that's getting it out and setting it up. And then... And, and it's more faff than it's worth to me to get the images on. I'm I'm... I'm prepared in the, in the balancing of economies. I am prepared to sacrifice ultimate image quality um, from these images uh, for convenience because at the end of the day, most of them are getting as far as Instagram at best. Um, so it's not a not a problem. Um, they look fine for what I need them for. If I need them, if I go, oh, this one particular shot, I'm going to do something amazing with, which has never happened. Um, you know, I make I have made prints from several of them over the years, and, and they've been fine. Um, but I guess if there was ever one particular situation where I wanted to do more with that, um, then maybe I'd look at an alternative. Maybe, as you said, send it away to somebody. But I've always been happy enough. I, it, it depends on the quality of your negatives in the first mm. place. That's always a really important thing. And um, and you have to be prepared to spend a bit of time fussing around with the colour as well. I think the one mm. thing that I would like to make my life easier just in that same fashion is I would like a flatbed scanner that I could also do um, 4 by 5 on. Yeah, just because I mean, obviously, convenient. we've got things like the Pixelator, which is fantastic for being able to yeah. do that. Of course, with the Pixelator, that's assuming that you have, you know, your digital camera set up and things. But when I was working with my large format negatives, um, that's what that is what I did. I ended up actually um, hiring some of the university equipment mm. um, because I knew that I didn't have what I needed to to do that simply and easily. Um, and so I actually hired some of that, went into the university and then. Um, Use um, one of the um, beta uh, pixelator versions that Hamish had sent over, and uh, and basically scanned, for want of a better word, um, my images in that way because they were four by five, and uh, that worked great. That was lovely. So because uh, I looked at that and I'd looked at drum scanning, and in terms of the cost, I couldn't justify the cost for it. Uh, unfortunately, it was very expensive for the drum scanning. Yeah. Um, and for the amount that I needed to do as well, it wasn't just one image, unfortunately. So um, so this worked out to be the, the best um, option. But obviously, in terms of time, um, you kind of have to balance that out because time is also, you know, worth money, <laughs> um, especially when it's on a paid job 
for example, like this. So uh, if I was spending eight hours, you know, um, a full day, you know, just sort of getting one one image perfect, you know, that's that's all has a cost implication as well, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, it, it just sort of like have to balance it up on a job by job basis, I think. Um, I don't do enough scanning of four by five negatives to um, to have to go down the route of having a scanner that will solely do that if you see what I mean but like you say Graham that would be a wonderful extra option if if they brought out something similar um but that would also give the option to do four by five then that would be what I would go for uh, I mean, <laughs> the, the, well they do I mean the, yeah. the V800 oh, right. okay. is they're just oh, they're the expensive yeah I think okay the seven, yeah no but yeah, there's a, there's a I don't price think tag. I've ever seen it exactly because I was like, okay, my budget was, you know, obviously this is a big investment, you know, four hundred pounds is not to be sniffed at yeah. in a, by any stretch. Um, so it was a, it was a big kind of like part of when I set up the business. I was like, right, okay, I'm going to need a decent scanner to to be able to do this. Um, yeah. So that was the one that I I went for. But yeah, the gosh, they go up into thousands, obviously, don't they? But yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, with my four by fives, I'm I'm essentially doing exactly what you did, just a, mm-hmm. a bit more. As Richard said, Heath Robinson, I'm just using a tripod, um, an old tablet, a bit of tracing paper, and the four. And it's like, well, this isn't great, and I will definitely be picking up a pixelator for exactly that reason because yeah. that would make it much easier. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it, you you have to weigh up the the sort of the three things is the um. The amount of well, I don't know. It's three things, but you know, the amount of money you want to spend, the amount of time you want to spend on getting the results you want, and the quality of the images, and you have to kind of balance mm. all of those things out. Because I know that there are people the out there. Practicality of making yeah. that happen. Yeah, know, well. and th- and that's different for everybody. I, I know mm. that there are people out there who you know are taking multiple images of. Um, you know, using macro lenses, multiple images of um, their negatives and stitching them together, you know, even with 35 mil and medium format to get incredibly, Beautiful, incredibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's amazing. Um, and if you've got the um, desire to do that, and you know, then that's all power to you. Uh, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm never going to do that. Um, <laughs> I've never taken a picture that is worth that much effort to do that with. Um, so it's a balancing act. But I, I, mm-hmm. I think I bought my V500 for... I think 150 quid back in 2012. Um, nice. And and unless it breaks, I've got no desire to mm. change it. It's not perfect, but it's good enough. And it sits under my desk and it doesn't take up space. And I can just flip it up, stuff, shove stuff in and go. And it just works. So, yeah, I, I'm quite happy with it. There we go. There we go, yeah. Uh, we've got one last email, Rach, from the lovely mm-hmm. George G. So this is another one pertaining to um, the day and tonight assignment. Because uh, George obviously sent in that cracking picture from uh, for us last yes. week at the Cityscope. Do you want to take this one? I think I did the last I one. I can. Yeah, sure. Um, so it says, hi, Sonny's me again. Smiley face. Whilst reviewing my image, Graham and Aid wondered if I would return, uh, sorry, wondered if I returned to the sense a few times. The answer was that I spent roughly three hours hanging around at Potter's Field to capture the images all at one time. Ah, I think that was supposed to be to the scene. <laughs> yes, I think also While reviewing, my image, not... yeah. While reviewing my image, Graham and Aid wondered if I returned to the scene a few times. The answer was that I spent roughly three hours hanging around at Potter's Field to capture the images all at one time. I had my Canon 500N set up on a mini tripod sitting on the wall of the embankment. As for putting the image together, the three images were layered on top of each other and using a layer mask, I blended the three to get the transition from day to night. I was pretty lucky that the images lined up really well and only left me with getting the blending correct. Thanks to the wonderful review of the images and the shout out to the podcast. I did record a piece when I was shooting the image for my podcast. I have attached it to this email if you wish to use it. Looking forward to the Christmas Cheap Shots Challenge. All the best from George G. That's brilliant. Thank you, George. Yeah, that's awesome. I hope everybody has checked out that picture because it really was great and very nicely done um, image. And um, I will, of course, be sticking George's audio on the end of this. And if you do enjoy listening to George, then as he mentioned, he does have his own podcast, which is the On The Streets podcast, which you should also very much check out. Um, George seems like an absolute delight. Um, So that's it for emails this week. What a lovely selection of emails for Show 50. Perfect. A perfect example of why backing paper's here for all that wonderful chat, Rach. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much to everybody. 
um, who listens, contributes, enjoys, offers advice, tells us where we're going wrong and all the rest of that. It's so important and we really... Well, we couldn't, literally couldn't do this without you. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to say that the backing paper listeners are our favourite listeners, but the backing but paper are. listeners are absolutely <laughs> our favourite listeners. You're, you're the best ones. You're the, true, you're the true ones. We love you the most. Yeah. Um, should we do some... I was some like, co- we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we do some coffee stuff, Rach? I think, that's I think a- we should. That leads in very nicely, doesn't it, to, to coffee or coffee. Uh, donations from from everybody um so whether that is monetarily or by by virtue of virtual hugs or what however <laughs> um it happens we really appreciate um all of your donations of uh, of goodwill and monetary values as well um because they all do help us to keep this podcast running uh so yes let's do some shout outs on coffee and gather some of Graham's Elves facts. Yes, well, before we move on to facts, we've actually got a new donor this week that I want to say a very big thank you out to... Uh, think a big... <sighs> uh, Let's try that again. <laughs> yeah, hang on. I want to say a very big thank you to Tobias Holub. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Tobias. Um, who has done it. He's at Tobili... T-O-B-I-L-I-I on Instagram. And I've been following Tobias for a little while now. And he put some lovely pictures up on there. And he's just actually finished putting... Um, I don't know what the correct term is when you have like a multi-panel shot. So when you look at his profile picture, you see the whole image. Um, but this really lovely detailed picture of Rome that he took um, on film when he was over there. Ooh. And it's, it's just a really nice picture. Uh, and Tobias has all sorts of pictures on his um, feed. Well worth checking out. And he just seems like a delightful person to follow anyway. So as I said, follow at Tobilii. I'm going to go with that. Tobilii. <laughs> oh, I like good. that. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Tobias. Um and yeah, oh, hang on, I, I, need to find, I need to find the research notes. <coughs> um, Rach, you'll be very excited, because you know last week, um, mm-hmm. when we heard from Juliet, um, the That's researchers right. had yes. managed to dig out that uh, Halloween fact about Juliet. Oh. Yeah, well, obviously, Halloween's long since gone, but what have we just it had has. in this country? Bonfire night? Bonfire night! So fortunately, our researchers, our dedicated team of researchers... They all got uh, burnt on the, they... on the bonfires? <laughs> yes! Uh, you're, uh, <laughs> rude! Um, they they, they managed to, <laughs> to dig up some bonfire night-related facts. Toasty! Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, to start with, we have Duncan Gavin. Uh, Duncan Gammon doesn't like Bonfire Night as he's uh, neither a fan of terrorism or brutal capital punishment. So he instead celebrates the day when two competing bakers got so carried away with advertising that the entire city of Bristol was covered in leaflets by the end of the day. Uh, it is, of course, known as Bunflyer Night. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting over this cough. You can't make me cough. Sorry. Oh, dear. Um, Sorry, elves. Oh, dear elves. Um, Martin Smith. Uh, Martin Smith economised on his fireworks display this year. Uh, Instead of buying the expensive explosives, he instead screamed loudly in the ears of his friends and family, (laughs) hit his bin with a baseball bat, and then popped people point black in the face with a flash gun. Um, uh, Not many people are coming around for next year's display, apparently. It sounds like a general photography, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this is usually what happens. Um, Jayabat. Jayabat. Isn't it? Jayabat, now on Twitter. Go and follow Jayabat on Twitter. He's very lovely. Um, Jayabat no longer gets to celebrate Bonfire Night uh, since leaving the UK. Uh, he did think there was an event happening at a nearby underpass, but sadly it turned out to just be some homeless people gathered around a burning barrel. Um, still, they all had a good time with some sparklers anyway. Sam Christopher Cornwell. In the spirit of DIY ingenuity one would expect from the solar can man, Sam sets about making his own bonfire night entertainment. Three fire engines and two police cars later, he was informed (laughs) that what he'd actually made was Molotov cocktails. Oh, my God. Uh, Hilary Clark. Hillary doesn't like fireworks as they upset animals. Having oh, seen, yes, how does Marcy feel about fireworks? Oh, she's been such a state, honestly. And and Hillary's dog as well, Rowdy, bless him. 
Yeah, yeah he's he's been cowering under yeah. So yeah, he might be called Rao Deeper. Yeah. Anyway, having seen how unsuccessful the many herbal, medical, and sound blocking solutions on sale are, Hillary plans to make her fortune by selling her new CD, Sounds from the War Zone, uh, to play loudly all year round, so animals either get completely desensitized or just shell shocked. Um, so I think that's the Radio new approach. Radio Four actually put out a dog friendly for bonfire night. Um, soundtrack apparently <laughs> a dog so what the radio ra- I don't know I don't have BBC I'm afraid so I, I don't, don't have B- you don't have BBC I don't have a license so I, I for, can't for the radio for the radio yeah, Rachel. you don't well, need a license to listen to the radio oh okay oh my I didn't know that me. I was just trying not to that's, that's in the side notes on the facts here by little elves but uh, you do okay. not need a license to listen to the radio and never have anyway mm-hmm. Okay, well, there you go. That's a new new fact for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they put out their own programming to uh, to help for the dogs. <laughs> I'd love oh. to know what that is. A lot of dog-themed songs. The Baja Men, um, Snoop Dogg. Um, we'll leave it up to the listeners to come up with some more, I'm sure. Okay. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on. I'll run out <laughs> Yeah, James Thorpe. James Thorpe loved sparklers so much, he bought himself a 10-foot-long one and attempted to set the world record for the longest sentence written with a sparkler. It was all going (laughs) really well uh, until he got writer's block five minutes in uh, and then his gloves caught fire. So, sad fact. Okay, that is a very sad fact. Um, Bill Thu. Uh, Bill Thu lives in Australia, where people are generally less enthusiastic about massive fires. Because of this, instead of burning the... um, uh, the the guy effigy um, atop the flames. They instead just leave him outside in their yard for a few weeks to you know ceremonially die of skin cancer instead. Oh my god! <laughs> Bloody hell, Chris! <laughs> Isn't it lovely this week? Um, Harry Thackeray. Okay, the final one for this week. Harry Thackeray. This is very sad. Tragically, has no idea what bonfire night is, Rach. As a child, his father started teaching him the rhyme. Remember, remember the fifth of November. But then he got called away to answer the phone before he could finish it. Harry never got to learn why he should remember the 5th of November. Oh, this is a fact sad. that has plagued his whole life. And it ends up with him spending said night curled up in a ball underneath his pillows, sobbing softly to himself every November the 5th. It says under here, the elves have written in large letters, it's very sad. It is very sad. sad this thing. whole week, this whole, this whole coffee Palava has been sad this week. Hey, oh, listen, do you, do you re- do, let's, let's all re- think back to Bunfly and I, okay? And all feel like yes, that was my favourite, by far, by far. Yeah, I, I love a good pun like that. That's good. That's, that's a, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so thank you so much, as always, to everybody, all you wonderful people. As Rachel said, we really appreciate the people who donate. It makes it possible for us to do stuff and go places and plan things um, that it would be a lot harder for us to do. But we also just really appreciate having you here listening and and encouraging us because, honestly, that's the main thing that makes this happen, (laughs) is the fact that you lot care enough to want to write in to us and want to listen. Because if you didn't, (laughs) we wouldn't do it. It wouldn't be worth it. That is true. Um, Absolutely. So thank you very much to everybody. And uh, yeah, we got through the the lovely chunky mailbag this week. (laughs) The chunky Um, bag. It was. It was great. As opposed to your your sausage of film or whatever it was. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Last week. My unexposed sausage. Yeah. mm, Good. Um, (laughs) well thank you so much to everybody and we hope you've enjoyed that and I'm not too traumatised by the coffee facts um, unlike myself Um, (laughs) and you have to be here I have to be I'm trying to think Rach is there anything we need to remember to um, point out this week I think the the 5th of November the that's, fifth, gone. That, that's gone. The, <laughs> remember, um, remember. the date for your Holger, Holger Wee entries, that has also yes. now finished. Um, well, actually, yeah. the, the closing date is yeah. the 10th. So if you are that's in... Today. The 10th, which is the day. But if you are, you know, west of the UK and you listen to this when it comes out, you may still have time to, um, to tune in and, uh, you know get your entry out there. I'm hoping you've already done that. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, doing the judging for that, Rach. <laughs> Are you excited yes, about that? Yes, for portraits. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, was, I was a little worried about <laughs> how best to do that. But as you said to me, Graham, you know, 
we know what a portrait should look like and, and can look like. And it will, it will be still lots of lovely fun to, uh, to see what everybody's created. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm also very excited to hear um, how things are going. The Analog Forever have had their event launch. Um, sadly, we, they didn't let us know about it until after both shows had gone out last week. Oh. Um, but it was, it was happening. So it happened this weekend, just gone in San Francisco, the launch mm -hmm. of Analog Forever, um, the uh, magazine. Magazine. So um, mm -hmm. uh, again, need to get Michael on here real soon. That will happen real soon. Um, I will get organised. I'm so bad at this. Uh, but it won't be this week um, because we have got a guest organised for this week. Uh, who we have. Um, very super special guest. A super special guest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we've all um, we've uh, all received in, in our um, paper uh, the book um, that actually this is because we've chatted to people in the past who have um, involved with this. So um, the gentleman that we have got joining us this week is uh, uh, yeah, good grief. I've got the wrong uh, wrong thing in front of me. It's Mike Crawford. Mike Crawford worked with people like Kai Lewis and Tina Rowe and many, many other people to put together a fabulous book um, made using, uh, well, made with prints made using expired paper. But Mike has done so much more, so much more. Um, so that is going to be a fantastic conversation, which will be out on Thursday. Really looking forward to it. Um, but other than that, and thinking yeah, about your Cheap Shots Challenge stuff, I think that's it, isn't it, Rach? I think so. So, yeah, get thinking, get your thinking caps on and cameras ready. And as you mentioned last week, which I, I thought was a, a lovely uh, um, thing to mention, uh, obviously there's the reusable cameras that um, Har Harman have uh, brought out. Harman have brought out. So, uh, yeah, you can you can definitely get hold of a cheap shots uh, challenge camera, even if you're having even even if you're struggling to find one in the charity shop, perhaps. Um, that we know that they're they're out there and they exist. So uh, yeah. exciting stuff. Looking All forward right. to seeing what we'll be doing with that. Yes. Do, do you know what great. I bought? I've, I've, what have you I've bought? Been, I've what have you bought now? I've been on eBay, which I normally don't do, but I have been on eBay a bit this week because I've had time. I was like, oh, I'm going to look at my phone. I ended up on eBay for that, and uh, inspired by somebody who I look read, up to a great just, deal. I was um, going to say, listeners can't see this, but I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> uh, inspired, <laughs> inspired by somebody who I very much look up to um, and their mm -hmm. wonderful Cheap Shots Challenge camera. I bought myself a Franca Solid this week. <laughs> did you? I did, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, you've got the same as me. Yeah, because, oh. uh, you know, um, I oh. bought it from this very nice chap. Uh, How are the bellows? <clears throat> sorry? How are the bellows? I don't know. It's, I it's an old it camera and it has bellows, so um, it just wants to check. I'm crossing fingers. I bought it from uh, yeah. actually somebody who seems like a very interesting chap in his own way, a chap called Pavel Satney, who is um, uh, runs a, photog a, a photography business up in Aviemore, Scotland. Um, there's actually a, he's got a video of a talk he gave um, on YouTube. Um, he's an interesting chap. I watched it. Um, anyway, that's by the by. But um, I'm really excited to get my Frankasolder. I know it's never going to take pictures that are half as beautiful as yours, but at least I'll be able to be in the Frankasolder club along with you now. <laughs> that's. Lovely. I'm the, really looking forward to hearing. Can we can about. we be can we be mm. the so solid crew? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be infringing on some copyright somewhere, but I sure. doubt it can't be can't be. Do you know there is one thing that we should um just very quickly mention, um, and to say congratulations to the to the chaps, um, Simon and David, of course, for their for their premiere of one shot itch and down. Yes, oh, well remembered, Rach. Very well remembered. Yes, absolutely. Um, the yeah, the premiere was on Wednesday, and it looked it went fantastically well. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it as well. Actually, that took place in the up in the Highlands, didn't it? And, it did. Um, yeah, they had um, a screening, and then I don't know if they did manage to get into the tanks. Did they get into the tanks the following day? Is that right? Great. I Do don't know? know. I didn't see any okay. social media regarding okay. that. Um, okay. but, but it so. sounded like it went down a storm and everybody really loved it and um they they were completely sold out packed out the house apparently so yeah. I, I i wouldn't have doubted it for a second but i'm yeah. really pleased to hear that it's awesome yeah it looked great and whilst we're saying congratulations to people also want to say a huge congratulations to recent guest uh, john whitmore and his lovely wife Anne Marie, who have just Yay. had their baby um who is gorgeous yeah, yeah absolutely lovely so congratulations to those guys um and uh, yeah. good luck with all, and goodbye, Super goodbye to sleep. <laughs> John, John said he's already eyeing up the baby's bottle steriliser for warming up developing chemicals. So. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, yeah, so yeah, lots of lovely happy news this week. Indeed. And um, are you going to go and see the? I think they're coming down, aren't they, to um, to see Hamish 
in Worcester because obviously they he has uh, the kiln, which is uh, a open working space, I think, yeah. for creative businesses um, around the area. And they're also going to be doing a film screening and photo walk. Yeah, they are. And I will be there and Aid will be there. But sadly, you can't be there, can you, Rach? I can't, unfortunately, no. Um, what date is that? It is. I think it is the 7th. Uh, I know it's a Saturday in December. You bear with me mm-hmm. one quick second and I will confirm that. It is indeed the 7th of December. Um, but I think it's up on... F- uh, if you go to the Inch and Down website, you'll find the details there. And um, yeah, it's going to be good. I know Alex Purcell's going, Simon Forster, Jeremy North. There's lots of people going. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. But Definitely. talking about time, rate, Yeah, mm, and we'll absolutely. be very sad to miss you too. Um, <laughs> but we need to get out of here now. Show 50 has run its course, so playing you out, as always, with the wonderful band, who is it, Rach? It's um, Schnauzer with Remortgaging the Nest of Hers. Of course it is, of course it is. Um, Until next week, listeners, when we'll be back again with episode number 51, (laughs) A Brave New World. Have a lovely week. Have a lovely week, everyone. here on the South Bank doing a shot for the day-night assignment from the Sunny 16 podcast. It's um, Thursday the 17th of October and it's just gone five o'clock so that will be our day shot. Um, The idea is that I'm using my uh, EOS 500 and I'm going to take a shot every half an hour between three minutes past five and three minutes past seven hopefully that will cover day through the blue hour and into night i'm shooting across from pottersfield across to um, basically the city so i've got the walkie talkie the gherkin the cheese grater and the scalpel all brilliant names for buildings right i shall record some more once I get some more shots in the bag. Okay, welcome back. We're just um, hitting uh, sunset now, and it's the lights are lighting up in all the buildings across in the city. Um, it's actually started to get quite cloudy now. It was reasonably clear, but there's a lot of cloud moving in. I think we're going to get some rain, hopefully before not before seven o'clock though. But, um, yeah, so far I've taken about, I don't know, uh, let me see, uh, yeah, I think 12 shots. I'm bracketing my shots now just to hopefully get um, a decent spread between light and dark. And uh, we'll see how that goes over the next hour. Um, blue hour should be coming in soon, although it doesn't look that promising. It does look a little bit pink in the sky but I'm not sure we're going to get too much blue but anyway that's the update for now things didn't quite work out as planned shortly after the last recorded piece um, it started to spit with rain and then the heavens opened so ended up stopping um, shooting before 7 o'clock but hopefully I've got enough pictures I think I shot about 20 to 22 frames, so hopefully I've got enough to build up the um, image that I want to build up for this day-to-night assignment. So I finally got my negatives back from AGs and um, started to go through them for the Sunny 16's day into night assignment. And obviously um, at the start of this you will have heard me actually out in the field shooting Um, the images that I was trying to get and saying that um, it had started to rain so it made it difficult to actually get um, the night the particular night shots that I wanted but I did have um, a good range of pictures ranging from early evening light through to roughly blue hour so 
I picked the best three images that I could find or that I thought would um, blend well together and in Photoshop I blended them together to give me um, the image of going from night into sorry day into night and um, yes it may be a bit of a cheat than actually doing it all in camera but it's worked, it seems to have worked out quite well um, obviously I will post the pictures up on my Instagram feed and people can see it and you know let me know what you think um, I did also try because I've got like one of these little Instac um, SP2 printers I think it's the SP2 might be the SP1 can't remember that prints the mini um, I did try splitting the image over three but as usual with Instax, the colours don't always come out correctly and I think it, everything just came out a little bit too dark. Um, plus also I was using the um, pack that I was using was actually a black border. So I don't think that helps either. But overall, yes, I'm quite happy with, with what I've got and I will send that into the Sunnies and see what um, they have to say about it.